Is there a problem? We lost so many. There's always a price to be paid. It was my fault. That doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But our mistakes cost lives. That doesn't bother you? Of course it does. This isn't what I trained for. Look, when Obi-Wan taught me, we were keepers of the peace. But now, to win this war, I have to teach you to be a soldier. Is that all I'll have to teach my own Padawan one day? You know, teaching's not all it's cracked up to be. Really? What makes you say that? I'm joking. You're joking. How can you joke at a time like this? What would you prefer? You want me to be more serious? I'd prefer it. Listen, I'm teaching you how to lead. How to survive. What if I want to stop fighting? Then you'll die. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to, to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 536, our Star Wars Year in Review. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Han Solo to my Chewbacca, we have Carl LeClaire. Punch it, Jason. Time for an almost new year. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him. So what? Two Star Destroyers coming right at us. <laughs> I don't know. Fly casual. All right. Totally different movie now. Um, <laughs> We're just jumping all over. Jumping all over. Jason, we got so much we want to chat about in uh, in our episode this week. Uh, it's It seems like, you know, for those of you listening, and as always, thank you for listening. It seems like we probably haven't put out a new episode in a few weeks, which is valid. But Jason, you and I have been recording for a couple of weeks. We've been pre-recording some of our Ahsoka episodes, had a couple of issues last week. Uh, It's going to be good to go for the first week of January, though. Uh, But we have some exciting news for this week's episode, as well as looking back over the year of 2023, some of the big Star Wars highlights of the year, both personal to us, as well as some of the things that just happened in Star Wars in general in the past year. Uh, is what we're looking forward to talking about. Um, but Jason, before we share some of our highlights from this past year in our Star Wars fandom, uh, we got some big news to share, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, we are are switching podcast networks. There is, uh, it's, you know, while that may not be uh, huge news to for for some of you uh it's it's a big deal for us uh we're we're switching over to the thunder quack podcast network i uh, got a lot of friends over there um and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun i think that it's it was time for for a little bit of of change here in the lair and uh this is this is one of the things that uh we ended up doing so mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we are we are so excited. Um, you know, it's been over 12 years now where we have been very blessed to be part of the Star Wars Report podcast network. 
And uh, for years, uh, a good friend of ours, Mike Cohen, who who is the um, creator and kind of uh, overall head of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, has invited us for years now to join his podcast network. And it just felt like the time was right. So we are now officially part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. For those of you regular listeners, this won't change a thing. <laughs> we, it's the same subscription. All the th- all the things will be the same. Um, but we're just excited to be in in this new network. We're, we're so thankful for everything the Stars Report has done for us, and uh, we're going to share some more about that at the end of the episode. Um, but we want to just get that right out there at the, at the start that, uh, that that this is a big change for us. Again, like Jason said, maybe not as big for those of you listening, uh, especially if you're a new listener. You might be like, what the heck's a podcast network? Well, hopefully you'll stick around for the end. We'll, we'll share a little bit more about what that means um, in general and, and specifically to us. But like we said, we really wanted to talk about some of our highlights of, of, of our Star Wars experience from the past year in 2023. Um, Jason, we've, we, we were very fortunate to have quite a few, uh, shared activities this past year. Um, yes. and of course we is, is in, in general, as a star Wars fan community, we're, we're uh, very lucky to get some, some, some new things in the star Wars world as well. And it'll be kind of a combination of both for us to kind of chat through. So to that end, Jason, um, mm-hmm. do you want to start this, start this off or should I, it's just hard to understand you with that apparatus. No, right. right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you go ahead and kick it off? All right. Time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing I wanted to mention, and uh, and I don't have a tremendous amount to say about this, but I would be remiss to not say that the year started in a lot of ways f- for for Star Wars with, it, back in March with the second season of Star Wars Visions. Uh, Star Wars Visions is this beautiful project. That uh, in season one was very, very, uh, very much in in the field of anime and um, a kind of Eastern tradition, uh, Eastern art forms. And then season two kind of had a little bit of everything. We had a little bit of French. We had a little bit of uh, Brazilian, all sorts of little Star Wars stories. But the second season of Star Wars Visions was just so darn good. Um, once again, these... I really liked the format of Star Wars Visions, Jason. I really like these kind of short 10 to 12 minute little episodes. They're almost short stories, little short stories that, mm-hmm. you know, when 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 Visions was started last year, it, it was stated that they're not necessarily canon stories. They just kind of get to exist on their own. But right. they could easily be part of canon. I, I, and frankly, at the end of the day, I don't really care. Like, I'm not that beholden to canon at this point. Now that right. Disney owns things, everything's kind of up for grabs. Um, that said, <laughs> I think what I really appreciated about uh, a, a season two of Visions was just how how personal so many of these stories were. Um, I, I really liked uh, the relationships that were established throughout these episodes. I love the different types of art forms that we got with this one. Um, once again, continued beautiful music. Uh, Star Wars Visions is such a delight because it's it's just so much its own thing. And I think now with this kind of over adherence to what is Star Wars canon, what is not Star Wars canon, and every little thing that comes out, you know, from Star Wars, uh, you know, Young Jedi Adventures to canon films, like all of this stuff has to now somehow fit into the canon box. What I appreciate about Visions is that it doesn't. It gets to just be its 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 own thing. 
And I think we need more of that in Star Wars, frankly. I think uh, it, it allows for this incredible breathing room for these creators to just tell stories that they want to tell within the Star Wars galaxy. And I think Visions uh, Season 2 continued to do that. Um, really telling powerful stories about about standing up against tyranny, about standing with friends and family, and you know, hitting all those major Star Wars tropes. I, I really appreciated the second season of Visions. That's that's fantastic. I do love Visions. I think Visions is a great project uh, for many of the reasons why you've already said. Um, However, for whatever reason, uh, this year. I've not finished season two yet. I feel terrible about it because I've loved the, uh, I think I've watched four or five of the episodes um, already. Uh, I just never ended up getting around to finishing the rest of it. It is something that I do have to be in the mood for, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and sometimes if I just want some star Wars, I'll just go hit like clone wars or, you know, return of the Jedi or something like that instead. And I, <laughs> that's, those are more towards, you know, the things I, I I'm gravitating towards and something else that we're going to, I think we're both going to mention um, also weighed heavily on my star Wars watch list uh, a lot this year. So uh, I got distracted and haven't finished visions, but uh, you, you bringing it up here is definitely making me go, Oh yes, I need to go do that. Um, <laughs> Because there is some fantastic stories. Season one was absolutely delightful. Um, and there's some absolutely incredible stories. And like I said, the the stuff I uh, I did see so far in season two has also been terrific. But uh, just didn't get around to finishing it for whatever reason. One reason or another. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, in that in that end, then, you know, what is the first thing you wanted to bring up from from this past year for you? Uh, I've got these listed in no particular order. Um, but one of the things that I did do earlier this year, um, and this isn't necessarily a new thing I've done, but it was, uh, it was really good to get back to doing it. It was, uh, doing panels, uh, Mm. again at the star Wars or the uh, star Wars, the Phoenix fan fusion, (laughs) uh, which is the convention, um, here in Phoenix that I go to. And it was really great because, um, I think it was it was really nice to get back to the conventions. You know, obviously the conventions have sort of been slow getting back up on their feet after COVID and everything. Um, this, you know, last year was their first year back and it definitely felt like everything was kind of just like feeling things out. Like, are people going to come back? That sort of thing. This year they just went for it. And it was like, you know all convention all the time kind of a thing. It really felt like, you know, we, we were back. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, um, but I, I was able to do three panels with uh, Kyle Avery, Kyle Baca, who is, uh, you know, a, a longtime friend of the podcast and his uh, co-host, Tim Jurassi over there on Star Wars Beyond the Films, which is a Thunderclack podcast. Um, Saga continues, not Beyond the Films. That's Star Wars Report. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm mixing up all of my You're cross-wiring, yeah, the podcast. I am, am. yes, sorry. (laughs) No, you're good, you're good. The Saga continues. Um, I want to make sure I get that right, Uh, which is also on the Thunderclack podcast network. Um, But yeah, they were, the three of us were able to do uh, three different panels. We did, uh, 
you know what you know what's coming up in star wars uh we did a mandalorian season three wrap-up panel and then uh both of them are really big into the star wars video games so we did a video game panel and i got to play the uh the noob on the panel to kind of make everybody feel comfortable and crack jokes and stuff so um <laughs> that was so it was all a lot of fun and uh panels were very well attended and it, it just everything really felt like it all came together plus i got to uh get a photo op and autograph with james Arnold taylor and ashley Eckstein. so that was really really fun it was a very good star wars convention for me at Phoenix Fan Fusion this year. Um, and so that was really kind of one of the big Star Wars highlights for me was was all of that. Yeah, and, you know, that was your first one since the Celebration Chicago 2019, right? Uh, no, I, I went uh, last year, um, and I've, I've attended uh, the Tucson Comic Con, but that's a much smaller convention, and okay. I've, not, I've not done any panels at Tucson Comic Con for the last couple of years. Um, but, but like I said, last year, it, it definitely was like it, everything about the convention was like, are we ready to come back? Are people ready to come back after COVID? So, uh, this year when everyone was just like, yes, it's convention time again, uh, it just really felt awesome. And it was one of the best conventions I've, I've had in a while. So. Yeah, I, I love I love that you've you've been able to be so involved with with panels there with uh you know your friend Ka- with Kyle and um and uh Joey and now Tim guys I know Tim came out for this one. Um yeah. yeah, it's so so awesome. I have only been to one convention since Celebration Chicago and it was a small one down in uh uh Rhode Island last year. So I I miss Star I I miss Star Wars Celebration in in particular and conventions in general. So yeah, I love that you, yeah. you've had that opportunity to continue to have a have a voice there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. We're, we're also sort of talking about Kyle and I have been sort of talking about like, oh, well, what, what might we do next year? Because it's going to get close to time to start submitting panel ideas. Um, so we're going to try and jump in at the beginning this time instead of at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. Well, um, so before I give my next one, I just want to I want to state for those of you um, who are like, wait a minute, because what I'm about to say has nothing to, to do with anything new in 2023. Uh, but again, the, the whole point of this is just looking back on the year and, and ways in which you and I, you know, individually, Jason, kind of engaged into mm-hmm. Star Wars fandom, because my next one has nothing to do in general with 2023. But uh, for any of you uh, Swifties out there, Taylor Swift fans, uh, she's, you know, with her Eras tour, she's all about the Eras. Uh, I am very much in just the last two months reliving my Empire Strikes Back era. So I want to <laughs> I want to give a shout out to to uh, 2023 being my Empire Strikes Back era. Um, I have watched this movie a lot in the past year and, and, and specifically in just the last three or four months. Um, and, uh, you know, it, whether you're a new listener or, or a longtime listener, um, y'all are going to know Empire Strikes Back is by far my favorite Star Wars movie. To me, it's the, it's the only perfect Star Wars movie. It's the only it's one of the few perfect movies I've ever watched. I love the hell out of this movie. I have seen it a lot. That said, I have just kind of fallen in love with it all over again in the last few months. 
and I think a in in, in a large part is uh, really since early fall. <laughs> uh, uh, I kind of I kind of lost some things that were very special to me. And Empire Strikes Back is my primary Star Wars love language, if you will. It's the story that I always return to when I'm feeling a little bit defeated or feeling a little bit down or a little bit, um, you know, uh, a little bit in the dark. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is that constant reminder of finding light in the dark. You know, there there's no per- more perfect image to me personally than that final shot in the movie of, of Luke and Leia staring out at that, you know, distant galaxy as the Falcon blasts off to go rescue Han. It, it just encapsulates that feeling of hope that you can lose every single battle in that story and yet still hold on to knowing that you'll come out on top. That's what I love so much about this movie. And that has just been such a, a buoy to my to my spirits in the last few months. And and frankly, at this point, when I watch Empire Strikes Back, what I've really, really and, and, and I mean, I do this in bits and pieces with almost all the Star Wars movies I, I rewatch. But because Empire is the one I love the most, I've lived with the longest at this point, Jason, when I put that movie on. I am pretty much reciting the entire thing as I'm watching. And I, and I love that because it allows me to participate in the movie in a very particular way. You know, um, you know, obviously we've talked about this a lot on, on, on the show in, in the past year. Like I, 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 I'm a, a college chaplain by profession. Um, religion and spirituality is a very important part of my life. And, and I think about how like when you go to a church service, you know, a liturgical service on a Sunday, you know, you usually get more out of it when you feel like you're part of that service, when you can participate mm-hmm. in it. And that's what yep. Empire Strikes Back in Star Wars in general, but specifically Empire Strikes Back has really come to mean that for me is when I sit down and watch that movie, I recite along with it because it, it almost allows me to be a participant in this story in a really beautiful way. Um, just this past week at work, I was uh, kind of doing an end of the year or end of the semester event with our little Star Wars club. And we, we watched Empire Strikes Back on a weekend, which, by the way, I love that I got paid to do that. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I every now and then I would recite a line and a couple of the students that were there. I was like, sorry, I can't help myself. And they were there's there's such lovely folks. And they were like, oh, no, no, no. We love that you do that. Um, but uh, I, I, I've just loved like giving myself over to that story again. And and also, Jason, I did something um, I'm currently very slowly because uh, I I like to have a, a what I call my bedtime book. I always like to read a little bit before bed, but because it usually makes me very tired, which is the whole point. I usually just put my bedtime books as something that it's either a reread or something from long ago. So I've been rereading slowly The Empire Strikes Back novel by Donald Glut. And uh, I'm I'm about three quarters done. I'll definitely be done by the end of the year. And it's been really fun revisiting that. I mean, I, I read it a, a bunch as a kid, um, but I probably haven't read it in at least 20 years. And the one thing I just wanted to give a quick shout out to in that novel is, is it really does a great job of leaning into kind of the, the Taoist aspects of the force. Like every time Luke uses the force, it really leans into what Irvin Kirshner and, and, um, Lawrence Kasdan were bringing into that story with their spirituality of, of kind of this mix of Zen Buddhism and, and, and Chinese Taoism. And every time Luke taps into it, it's, it, it very much elicits that. So I've, I've, I've enjoyed that aspect of the novel very much. Um, I mean, there's not much different from the movie. You know, uh, we've talked about this ex nauseum in the past, Jason, how much we love the prequel novels um, because they actually do expand on a lot of things that aren't in the movies. But the original mm-hmm. trilogy novels are pretty much like, here's the movie, 
here it is on paper. Um, right. But but I've just appreciated which, which, the... which is which is partially just a a, a change in style from novelizations. Mm, uh, good point. You know, over over the period of time mm-hmm. uh, that they were written. So, but yes, that is correct. Yeah. So so yeah, I've just been I've been really enjoying uh, kind of falling back into my Empire Strikes Back era. That's amazing. I, I love that for you. Um, it's always been your favorite Star Wars movie. Uh, that's that's never been a question. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it it's really fantastic that uh, that you're getting to reconnect with it like this. Uh, I love that. And I love that you talked about being able to pr- participate with it because that's it's really kind of what I do uh, with a lot of these movies. Uh, I mean, most of them uh, I will I will end up picking a character or two and every time they come on screen I'll I'll quote their lines um Phantom Menace it's usually Palpatine and Newt Gunray um Palpatine gets a lot of it for the most part um I quote along with Palpatine almost every time he's on screen uh <laughs> and every single moment he is on screen in Return of the Jedi for sure I am quoting along with him uh <laughs> but yes uh it is that's really fantastic and i love i love that you're having all of this this time to to devote your yourself to it and uh not only that but if anybody's been paying attention to our social media you probably saw that carl has not only been watching you know the you know the most recent you know releases but he's also gone back and watched his uh (laughs) vhs copy yeah, uh, his special edition VHS <laughs> copy here recently. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I love I love pulling out my old uh, VHS copies and and putting those on again. It's it I I, I compare it to um, I've really gotten into listening to records in the last few years, and there, and there's a there's a particular intentionality when you put on a record to the way you listen to music, right? Like we live in the streaming era now, and I love streaming. I'm, this is not to denigrate it. Um, but when you put on music to stream, you usually are just like listening to some of your favorite songs. But to sit down and listen to an album, it's a very intentional action. Like you're listening mm-hmm. to this entire story that a particular artist is choosing to tell you. And I feel like something is similar with uh, like putting on a physical VHS or even a DVD. Like I've I've used my old 2004 DVDs a lot lately as well, or even the you know the 2000 uh, 2010 uh, Blu-rays. Uh, there, there's just something special to that physicality of like you're pulling out this disc or you're pulling out this tape and putting it into a machine you know there's just something intentional about that um i mean i love streaming it's super convenient i i do that more often than not but whenever i decide like okay i'm gonna pull out this old vhs there's just it just changes the intentionality and and, and there's something special about that yeah i i agree i agree um this isn't star wars but i've been doing a doctor who rewatch you know on and off for a couple of years now since there's you know literally thousands of episodes uh, at least hundreds of thousands of episodes but uh the new specials have been coming out this month and so i've gotten back into my rewatch except i don't have any of the you know the the more recent seasons streaming anywhere so i have to you know go and get my dvds or my blu-rays that i have of them in order to watch them. And so, yeah, it, it is definitely a more intentional, you know, thing mm-hmm. uh, than sometimes when I just flip on, you know, Clone Wars to be in the background, you know, that's almost like you're just putting on a podcast for white noise sometimes, uh, unless you're specifically planning to watch something. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Well, <laughs> uh, should I move on Please to do. one of my yeah, next yeah, things? Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
Well, uh, this is something that we did uh, on the podcast a couple months back. Um, and this was our Wampa's Lair musical journey mm. that we did. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't remember. Was that September? Um, that sounds maybe. right. Yeah, it was like August through yeah. September, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we, we did this musical journey where we had, um, you know, we, we took a trilogy every week and we basically walked through some of the most important themes or pieces of music uh, that we felt like were helping to tell the story of mm-hmm. Star Wars musically. And that was such a really fun, that was such a fun exercise for me. Number one, because, uh, you know, as Carl and I have said numerous times, we love Star Wars music. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts around it. Um, however, what it really was was great because uh, to do that is because it helped me sort of look at the music in a slightly different way and it helped me really appreciate it for its narrative quality. Um, and, and this is something that we know that, you know, John Williams is, you know, very intentional about the themes and how they tell the story and stuff like that. But it, sometimes it's nice to take a, a step back, kind of adjust the picture frame a little askew and look at it, you know, from the side to get a different perspective on it intentionally uh, rather than stumbling across something interesting. And, you know, being able to do that and really see the story of the the whole Skywalker saga told in music. Uh, well, maybe here, the whole Skywalker saga <laughs> told in music is a better description. Um, it helps me to appreciate uh, the nine films, I think, a little bit more than I did previous to it. Uh, and, and that was just a really fantastic exercise uh, and a really fun series of episodes that we did. And it was a big deal uh, for me, Star Wars-wise, just to kind of to make an effort to listen carefully to all of it. And, of course, we've uh, put together a playlist on Spotify for all of that. Uh, so I've, that, is, that has been listened to more than a few times uh, since then <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, thoroughly enjoyed going back and listening to that playlist, uh, uh, you know, when I have the inkling to do so. I love that out of that series, Jason. You know, um, it all kind of came about because uh, I was fortunate enough to get to go to um, a, a concert here in Boston at the, the Boston Pops back in September, it, they did like kind of a tribute series to John Williams. And one of those particular shows was called star Wars and musical journey. And they did highlights from episodes one through nine, kind of telling the story of the, the Skywalker saga in music. And as soon as I got tickets to that, I, you know, I sent you a text and I was like, dude, we got to do this, but Wampa's Lair style. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Was that fun? You know, like you said, I mean, every year, we always make a point to, to at some point throughout the year, we used to do for a while musical may, you know, musical mayhem. Um, but we've been, mm-hmm. we've been dedicating our last few Mays to like big star Wars anniversaries. Um, but we always find a point in the year to talk star Wars music in, in particular. And, and that, that series was tremendously fun. Uh, I, I loved the, I loved that challenge of just like thinking about, all right, well, I, 
can only pick a couple songs from each of these movies that we feel yeah. like best encapsulate. Like I, I loved that challenge of, we, and, and, and I loved that again, like we certainly had several, uh, several things of overlap, but we also had a lot of differences, which I, I really appreciate because I think, and you know, you and I were two people, we are a very much microcosm of star Wars fandom, but I think, yeah. I think it showcased quite beautifully that, Star Wars fandom has a lot of general overlaps. We all love a lot of the same things, but we also really gravitate to other things that are different. And uh, and hopefully what we modeled in that was it's good to also be different at times, right? Like we can celebrate yes. those differences. Absolutely. And, and I think that was great because, you know, we we went into it when we set up the, the sort of format for what the shows were going to be. It's like uh, each of us could only pick two tracks from each movie. Um. And obviously there were some movies where all of our tracks were the same. Like, uh, I think it was uh, Revenge of the Sith. We had, yep. both of us had the same ones. Um, Attack of the Clones, we both had the same ones. Things like that. I think those um, are the only ones, though. Yeah, but, you know, and some of them we had, like, one that yeah, we shared. And exactly. Then, you know, but then there was others. Uh, I think Phantom Menace, we both had two completely different ones. Uh, right. You know, so we... But... um it was great to to limit ourselves uh, to just two tracks because it it made me sit and really listen to the music um, and sort of evaluate it for its its you know in from my point of view its narrative importance um, mm. to to the story uh, and when you're limited to to just two tracks it's really hard to cut it down to two um it's usually pretty easy to get down to like three or four but figuring out which of those three or four to get rid of is super hard Mm -hmm. so you end up listening to a lot of music uh (laughs) over and over and over again to figure out which ones you got to get rid of (laughs) but yeah uh, it was super fun yeah absolutely uh i love that you put that on there um i i Oh gosh, I had uh, I had not. It's not that I had forgotten about it, because uh, I loved the heck out of it. But I I, I will. <laughs> sorry, sorry to say, as I was prepping our second episode of that, I was doing that for my previous partner's uh, apartment. So, <laughs> and then a week later, we were no longer together. So that series happened in a time of life when I was very sad. <laughs> but but that said, it buoyed my spirits quite a bit. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, I loved that kind of it. it was it was so much fun to, to to think about Star Wars in that in that way and uh, um, and 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 letting the music tell the story because at the end of the day I, I always love to say this you know of of all the jabrones and uh, kind of fan buttheads out there that like to pretend they know everything about Star Wars because they know all the little intricate facts no one understands better Star Wars better than John Williams um, except for except for George Lucas. Um, you know, I, I would say John Williams understands the story that is Star Wars and, you know, whether you're a sequel lover or a sequel hater or somewhere in between, I would challenge you hard if you didn't at least respect and love the music that John Williams narratively told us with the sequel trilogy, because I think he continues the story quite beautifully and ends it quite beautifully. So even if you don't love the execution of those films, John Williams gave us a very, very satisfying musical story for those three stories. 100%. 
Absolutely. Well, what's yeah. uh, what's the next one you want to talk about? Um, well, uh, this was a big year for me doing Star Wars reading. Uh, I, I really played in the old Legends expanded universe uh, galaxy. So I started this um, two years ago. I started in the month of May only reading Star Wars novels. And two years ago, I just kind of picked some of my favorite Star Wars books or, or new Star Wars books that I had wanted to read. But excuse me, last year in May, so in May of 2022... I decided to do a curated read of the New Jedi Order. So that is a 19-book series that over the years, I've, I had only read a few of them. And I certainly, excuse me, had never read the end of it. So I, I turned to my, to my pal Tyler and, and I asked him, because he had just read them the year before, I said, you know, I'm going to do four or five books. Which are the ones I need to read? So he, he picked four books for me. I ended up reading seven because I, I was enjoying it so much that I added a few extra. Um, and then I was fortunate to have Tyler join me last year for that. So this year in May, I decided to do the Legacy of the Force uh, series, which is only a nine book series as opposed to 19. And I read mm-hmm. six of the nine. Um, I think the New Jedi Order is definitely a stronger series. I mean, you have a lot more to choose from, of course. Uh, but I had a lot of fun reading Legacy of the Force. And again, uh, was lucky to have my pal Tyler um earlier this year joined me to talk about legacy of the force on air because he had just read those the that year as well <laughs> um but uh you know it's it, legacy of the force ultimately writes this it's they were being published during the end of the prequel era so they came out kind of overlapping and then after revenge of the sith so they kind of retread some of the story points of uh episode three um most specifically with jason solo falling to the dark side as darth kytus and the epic showdown that kind of comes to a head between him and his sister, Jaina Solo. Um, it's another galactic civil war. It's it's definitely not as strong a story as New Jedi Order, but it is a lot of fun. And after I finished reading that at the end of May, I was just like, you know what? Something I have never really done is do an entire like Legends canon read through chronologically as they were published. So that's what I started doing at the end of May. Um, and I, I mean, I've been reading lots of other things in between. I'm not, I'm not giving myself a strict timeline, but I started doing that throughout the, throughout the summer. And, uh, I just wanted to give a couple of quick shout outs because I had a lot of fun doing this. Um, I had not read Truce at Bakura in years, Jason, like it, I probably haven't read that since I was probably 13, 14 years old. So that was <laughs> 24 ish years ago. So, and uh, this story written by Kathy Tires was, or Tears, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, so she's either a tire or a tear. So she'll either make you cry or get you to places. Great. Thanks, Kathy. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, <laughs> Trusset Bakura, <laughs> go ahead. What? Uh, either either works for Carl. Yeah, either um. one is good. I love crying and I love getting to where I need to be. Um, so, but uh, I, re- I again, like I hadn't read this in years, and uh, I loved the heck out of this book. It was super fun. And one of the things I certainly had not remembered is there's a particular group that live on the planet of Bakura who are very, very anti-Jedi. And the reason that they're anti-Jedi is because they believe that the Force should be able to exist without anybody trying to manipulate or control it. Um, and this is something actually similar to what some of, something they've been doing with uh, some of the new High Republic stuff, actually, in Phase 2. I've not read all of it, but it, that said, I, it's something that has come up again. But Truce at Bakura, which was published back in 1994... Was the first time it really you got you were introduced to a culture that had kind of this 
this aspect within their culture built into them that they kind of had this disdain for Jedi because they saw Jedi as enemies of the Force, that the Force was something that should be able to, again, like exist on its own, act in its own way. So when Jedi come in and start using it or influencing it, they saw that as something evil. And I thought that was a really cool little story beat to bring into it. Um, but uh, I'm jeez, I'm, Jason, I was also I'm, I'm remiss to say that also what it what elicited the idea to do this was even after finishing the Legacy of the Force reread, you and I decided to do uh, a, a complete reread of the original Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn yep. back from that ran from 91 through 93 that kind of kicked off the old Legends expanded universe uh, timeline. So we did that. That was that was a lot of fun as well. I had not. I mean, I had, yeah. we had we had done Heir to the Empire just a couple of years ago to celebrate its, I think, 30th anniversary or whatever the heck it was. Um, 20th. Tw- 20th? No, no, it was probably 30th because it came out in 91, maybe 25th. Oh, that's right. Yes. So all yep, this all the same. Uh, I had not read Dark Force Rising or Last Command again, probably since I was like 14, 13 years old. And it was just really fun. I, I really appreciate that those stories because Timothy Zahn is such a great world builder. I think that's one of my favorite things. And that's even true of his new canon novels. Like I, the, the, the Ascendancy trilogy he did most recently for Thrawn was yeah. so incredible because of the way he just builds out the, the, Chiss, uh, the, the Chiss Empire. So much fun. But yeah, I had a lot of fun kind of going back and, and revisiting that original um, uh, Thrawn trilogy. And uh I uh, also, even in the midst of that, I did sneak in a reread of, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to, bl- Beth, Re- Beth Ravis, Beth Revis, 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 thank you, uh, her book, Princess and the Scoundrel, I, I snuck that in there this summer because I was, uh, I was performing a wedding for two of my close friends, and uh, as I was flying down there, they were getting married just outside of D.C., I was like, you know what? Seems like a good time to reread a story about a Star Wars wedding. So I reread <laughs> Princess and the Scoundrel perfectly because I, I timed it so that then, you know, because the next thing in my Legends reread was Courtship, Courtship of Princess Leia, which is the story that ends with Han and Leia getting married in the old Legends uh, canon. Oh, gosh, it was so fun rereading Princess and the Scoundrel. Like, I mean, I literally was finishing it up as I was <laughs> sitting there the morning before I was going to do their wedding. Um, and, uh, such a beautiful story. Uh, Beth Revis does a great job of capturing the, the characters of Han and Leia, making them very real people in a way that I think even the movies kind of fall short on. Um, and then rereading Courtship of Princess Leia. It's, it's such a fun book. It's the first book ever that introduced the planet Dathomir. It gave us the witches of Dathomir. Um, and it also has one of the coolest scenes that I've read to this point from my memory and the legends canon, which is there's this great moment where Luke taps into the force where he, he taps into it in such a way that he, he feels it in the, like the worms and the mud beneath him. He feels it in like every living thing around him. It's, it kind of reminded me of that, that final moment in uh, rise of Skywalker where lay or Ray touches all the Jedi of the past. It's not quite that epic, but it's this, it's this moment where Luke feels totally enfolded by the force. He feels it all around him. And cause he, he, he gets really injured and it's like, he's thought he's, it's kind of expected that he's kind of left for dead, but the force kind of envelopes him and he feels it everywhere. And it gives him the strength to kind of get up and keep going. So it's really, kind, really kind of like, uh, the, the training sequence with Ray on Octo where he, she starts feeling the planet a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's actually okay. a better comparison. Um, 
So yeah, that that was super fun. And then the last thing I did for this year, I mean, I, I'm going to continue in the new year. Uh, I've been reading other things on the side, but uh, the last thing I did was uh, the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson, which was always my favorite mm. as a kid. And here's this is the thing I wanted to share about this. And then I'll shut up about this all this stuff I've been saying, Jason. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was my favorite trilogy when I was probably eleven to 12, 13 years old. I think, and 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 I want to I want to say this because there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity still in fandom around you know Star Wars Disney and right like oh they should have just done these old things. I would like to challenge some of those people who probably have not read these novels since they themselves were probably teenagers or younger or maybe a little bit older. A lot of these books aren't that great. <laughs> you know, they're not very well written. They, they've got some really fun stories. And this is what I was kind of reminded of as I was revisiting the Jedi Academy trilogy. And there are definitely some really fun stuff. All right. It's ultimately the story of Luke uh, establishing his Jedi Academy on Yavin 4. One of his students, Kip Duran, falls to the dark side. Almost kills Luke, puts him in a coma, essentially. Right. There's a lot of it feels like there's a lot of things taken from that into the sequel trilogy as well. Kevin J. Anderson is just not a very good author. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but like he's reading those books. I'm like, I can't believe these are considered adult fiction. Like this feels like middle grade fiction today. Um, They're just not very well written stories. And what it reminded me of was there's something very special and sacred to our Star Wars memories, right? Like sometimes there's there's something better in just remembering what a story meant to you than maybe necessarily remembering what it actually is today. And, and, and I almost offer that up to folks who, again, like want to always belittle new Star Wars and, and, and pretend as if that the era of the 90s, early 2000s was the best ever. Challenge you to go back, revisit some of the stories, still feel if you still feel if you, you know, have those same feelings. And, you know, I think that just because something meant a lot to you as a kid, it, let that memory be what what you cherish. Right. And, and don't and don't idolize that memory either, though, and say that, well, if it doesn't coincide with this feeling I had as a child at the end of the day that it's not Star Wars anymore. I think that that's a very dangerous thing to do. Um, so all that to say, I, I had a lot of fun rereading the the Jedi Academy trilogy. It's in memory. It's still my favorite. In actuality, it is definitely not. <laughs> um, but uh, but but that all that to say, you know, that there is something special about our Star Wars memories. You know, honor those, yes. you know, cherish them, love them, but don't idolize them so much that they impede your experience of taking in what is new. Um, that's 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 me gleaning from my own experience because I've certainly had my moments of like this new Star Wars is stupid. Like I, I certainly I I get that, and and being like the old stuff was so much better. Well, go back and revisit some of the old stuff, and and really ask yourself, was it better? It, <laughs> so it, you know when 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 everybody does the or back in my day exactly uh, thing, what what they're doing is they're remembering the best of what was back in your day. Um, yes, or remembering because, the feeling of back in your day, yeah, or the or the feeling of what was back in your day, uh, and and not to say that maybe some of what was the best back in the day wasn't better than what we're getting now. That could be possible. That you could definitely have some contenders for that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But we, you know, often, you know, memory is a funny thing because the way we remember things doesn't mean that's actually how it was. Um, and, and sometimes our memories filter out the stuff that wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and especially when it comes to something like like a fandom like this, you know, we we as fans, we ride the highs throughout the our, our life with with whatever fandom it is. Um, and so anything that sort of is new and big currently that doesn't hit the highs that you've been you know remembering riding over the years, you know, may or may not uh, y- you might have a harder time accepting it. Just, mm-hmm. But all of the, the peaks and valleys that we're going through now also happened back in the day, too. We just, in retrospect, as we look back, we ride the highs rather than the the whole roller coaster. So um, that's something, something to, to uh, just, you know, have a grain of salt in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that the the highs and the way it felt and the way it meant to you at the time are invalid because they totally are valid uh it's just sometimes like you said we sometimes we, we put that on a pedestal um, absolutely and yeah we're all guilty of it absolutely it's, yeah this is not me 100%. trying to trying to say that i'm perfect and i and i get it all right i absolutely do not but this is just me sharing yeah. from my own recent experience of like, man, those things meant so much to me. And, and going back to them, it's like, ooh, they're a little rough. But you know what? The memory is still <laughs> cherished. And I'm going to hold on to that and also respect new visions coming into. Absolutely. Um, well, it, thanks for letting me be it, super exhaustive, Jason. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but to keep it literary, uh, I want to talk about another thing that we did here with the podcast and that's revisiting brotherhood. Mm, um, yes. Um, this year we got to revisit brotherhood, uh, which meant I, you know, got to go back and, you know, listen to the book again. Uh, and then we had our fantastic conversation with the author of brotherhood, Mike Chen. Um, it, it's, this really is, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best of the new Canon books that have come out since Disney took over. Uh, It it is in the top three for sure, probably the top two. And depending on my mood for the day, number one Mm. um, for the new Canon books. Uh, It's, it's not even a question. This is, this is a, this this is a high for star Wars uh, literature right now. Absolutely. Um, and just the fact that we got to, you know, really take some time and we focused in on it. Um, I feel, you know, obviously we, we had, you know, Mark Chen on, you know, or Mike Chen, excuse me. I said Mark, Mike Chen uh, on to discuss the book um, for just that one episode. But it was a really, in, for, for me specifically, it was a really intense period because uh, for a couple of weeks leading up, because I had to go back and re-listen to the book, I had to make notes. I wanted to to read some of the other Star Wars uh, stuff that he had done and everything like that. So it was just a really great, you know, great period uh, for me, just getting all prepped for that conversation. And then we got to have a fantastic conversation with Mike Chen, um, all about brotherhood, his thoughts on Anakin, uh, and and so much more. Um, so please definitely go back and re-listen to that episode if you are curious about that. But you know, it, it really is such a fantastic book that uh, any excuse that we have to go back and revisit it, I will take. 
Um, so I'm just going to put that out there, Carl. Maybe, maybe we we go back and revisit it at some point next year or the year after. <laughs> you know, I, I love that you I love that you brought that in too, Jason. Um, I'm an idiot for forgetting that one too because. Yeah, like I, you said, Brotherhood is is second my second favorite Star Wars novel of all time, only to the Revenge of the Sith novel by Matthew Stover. And we were so blessed and fortunate to have him on twice in the same year. I think that was two years ago now. But he came on to talk specifically about the Revenge of the Sith novel. Then we had him on a couple months later to just kind of talk Star Wars in general, um, which was which was so freaking awesome. And and yeah. I was I wanted so bad to get Mike Chen on. And um, you know, there there's so like yeah, there are so many Star Wars podcasts out there these days, Jason, and and there are a lot of folks that know how to do all the 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 networking things a lot better than I do, um, and uh, and and that's really what you need to do to get current authors on. You kind of just got to go through agents and stuff, and I've never really known how to do that. But luckily, Mike Chen is one of the just kindest people, and I've DM'd him a lot <laughs> over the over the years since Brotherhood came out, and I asked him specifically, like, hey, we'd love to have you on, and and he was actually really nice and just said. You know, I'd love to come on. Here's how do you get in touch with my publicist? This is who you have to run it through. And and, and I really appreciated that because I'm such a noob to these things. And and we got him on, like you said. I actually just put that episode out again last week because uh, with all the technical difficulty things, we kind of switched over to Thunderquack kind of abruptly last week. I'll touch on that briefly at the end of the episode. Um, so I just wanted to check to make sure that the feed would work okay. So I just put that episode out again to make sure it would. And, and it worked fine. Um, but yeah, it was such, such a fortune to, to have him on. He is, Mike Chen is brilliant talking about Star Wars. Um, so that was such a joy to have him on. And like you said, Brotherhood is such a good novel. Um, if you've not yet read it, Jason and I both cannot recommend this book enough. And it's mm-hmm. a tight book. Like it's, it's just barely over 300 pages, really, really quick paced. Um, if you yeah. love, uh, Attack of the Clones or the prequels in general, or Anakin in, in, Anakin and Obi-Wan in particular, this is a novel you absolutely need to read. Absolutely. 100%. It, it's, it's got a great narrative story. You know, it, it, it tells us the story of Cato Nemodia. That one doesn't count. Um, you know, it gives us all of that. Uh, it gives us Anakin becoming a Jedi Knight. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it has a nice tight story that it, it weaves these two characters in and out of. And it's also just chock full of so much fun references to the movies, the Clone Wars, and for you know uh, people like me, uh, a quick reference to Doctor Who. Um, so <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. But it's so not only is it a great narrative story and something that's fantastic uh, within the characters of both Anakin and Obi Wan. Uh, it's also got a lot of funny Easter eggs for those of you who are paying attention to them. Uh, it's really entertaining and really impactful uh, and definitely worth your while. If you, uh, if you have any inkling in picking up a star Wars book, pick up brotherhood. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's so, it's so good. Um, well, Jason, a couple of quick, I just have a couple of things left for myself. The next one I do want to talk about just briefly, uh, Ahsoka, the Ahsoka series that came out this fall. Uh, It is it is one of my favorite Disney era Star Wars projects. 
Um, I think at this point I put it just just after season one of Mandalorian. I think season one of Mandalorian is has been my favorite Star Wars show, live action show. Um, but I would put season one of Ahsoka right right underneath that. Um, and 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 again, we're we are about to launch a four part series at the start of January, all about in depth, mm-hmm. like looking through these episodes, kind of. Uh, individually. So I, I won't say too much here, but I think the big things that really stood out to me, excuse me, is once again, it really fl- fleshes out the, uh, the galaxy kind of post return of the Jedi. Um, these are the, these are the types of stories I've been wanting really ever since the sequel trilogy came out is I, I just really want to know what's going on more in the new Republic. And, and this show continues to give us glimpses into that. Um, mm-hmm. I really love the world building it does. Uh, and, and, and this whole idea of, of this mystery about a, a galaxy beyond the galaxy far, far, far away. Right. Um, Star Wars mm-hmm. kind of going into the, not even just the unknown regions, right? Like that's where, um, you know, we've gotten hints of the unknown regions throughout, throughout Star Wars uh, history, but this is something even beyond that. Like I just, I love that sense of mystery in there. Um, and I especially love Balin and Shin are my favorite part of the show, like hands down. They were my favorite part of the show because they, they I mean, they're essentially dark Jedi. Dark Jedi are all right. over the uh, old Legends canon in the in the early 90s. Like dark Jedi are everywhere. Everybody who's not a Jedi is a dark Jedi. There's no more Sith. But um, <laughs> and, and, and while Balin and Shin are never described as dark Jedi, in my little uh, old canon brain, that's what they kind of act as, is they're kind of these new versions of Dark Jedi. And, and I mean, to me, the things that always grab me and, and intrigue me most in Star Wars are those things that are kind of hinted at but never fully explained, right? I, I, I think the way to encapsulate that the most, most perfectly is the character of Boba Fett in 1980 with the Empire Strikes Back. He was just this badass looking guy with a jetpack and a cool helmet that we wanted to know so much more about. And then the next movie, he's gone in 10 minutes. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just that sense of mystery. And, and, and in Balin and Shin, we, we get, we don't really get a ton. And, and while part of me is maddened and frustrated by that, part of me is also like super happy. Cause it's like, that's fodder for future stories, which I'm okay with. Yes. Um, but I, I love that aspect of it. I, I love the heart of the story that it's ultimately, again, for folks like you and I, Jason, and probably most of you listening to the show, you probably were really into Clone Wars and Rebels. And I don't, I don't mean to indicate that you definitely were, but if you were a fan of Rebels, this is a really cool continuation of that story because what it ultimately is, is it takes that chosen family of the ghost crew and splits them up. And when we come into the story, the heart of the story is ultimately that chosen family finding their way back together. And I really love that that emotional beat of the story is is mm-hmm. Sabine finding her way to Ezra and her finding her way back into relationship with Ahsoka. It's it's such a beautiful story in that regard. Um, Kevin Kiner just freaking brings it musically, right? We, oh, he I yes. mean, he has given us such brilliant music from Clone Wars to Rebels to Bad Batch. I love that he finally got a nod for the live action stuff because he just freaking yes. brings it hard. Um, love the music. And the last thing I, of course, want to say is just f- having Hayden back. Like, And, and that, uh, that yeah. flashback is episode part five there. 
Uh, and I also was, again, I got to say this too, fortunate enough, I got to go and see that on the big screen at the local theater. I uh, got to oh, go with right. my, my two close friends, Greg and Ben, and, uh, and, their, and their sons. Um, it was so much fun watching that particular episode on the big screen. I mean, the crowd was going freaking crazy. I was too. Um, it was <laughs> so much fun. And yeah, I mean, I, I love the way that it, it, it finally gave a resolution to clearly Ahsoka's unsettled th- thoughts and feelings around what happens to Anakin. Um, I, I yeah. love this series so much. And, and those are the general points I wanted to hit. But like I said, we're about to, to dive more deeply into that in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. No, this is definitely on my list for this year as well. So, I, you know, I, I think the last two, this one and the next one that we're going to have, uh, we, we're going to talk about the same things, Carl. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Ahsoka was fantastic. It, it really was, uh, in my opinion, um, sort of a, a revitalization of the Star Wars uh, live-action TV shows. Um I'd say it's definitely, you know, strongest single season of Star Wars live action since season one of Mandalore. Um, This, the themes dealt with in Ahsoka uh, are definitely in my wheelhouse, which probably, I think this makes it my favorite uh, Mm. Disney Plus live action show that we've gotten so far. Yeah. so uh, it, I, definitely I'm right there in agreement with you on, on so many of the things that you, you listed Kevin Kiner, absolutely fantastic uh, with the music. I, and I need to just take some time, like a whole weekend to just sort of sit with the music for a while and, you know, really focus on it. Um, I'm sure in the coming year, there will be some episodes from the Wampas there about the soundtrack for Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, absolutely uh, one, absolutely possible and highly likely. Uh, but yeah, having Hayden back, getting to see, uh, you know, the surviving members of the ghost crew and Ahsoka back, um, getting some of the world building, you know, involving Shin and Balin and the Night Sisters, so much cool stuff about the Night Sisters that was, uh, you know, slipped in there as well. Uh, and the fact that we basically went to Middle Earth in Star Wars when we went to the other galaxy um, <laughs> was was a lot of fun for me. But um, yeah, there's there's a ton packed into just the these eight episodes of Ahsoka and you know Carl and I we've we've pre-recorded two episodes already about it and we're going to wrap it up um once we once we get to that point uh in the in the new year uh there's so much good stuff in this show and it really was a huge highlight for Star Wars for me uh for this year and and I I'm super excited about what we got um we probably won't get a season two of Ahsoka for a while, but when we do, there's going to be some really interesting things to uh, to pick up on. And uh, I can't wait for some of the story threads that they left uh, unfinished mm-hmm. to get picked up 
and uh, revisited in the future. Whether they they do that in a season two, there's definitely some things that will have to be done in a season two of Ahsoka. But there's also some things that will be picked up in other shows. And obviously, you know, the origin of Shin and Balin as a duo um, will definitely be done, I'm assuming, in a, a novel or a comic or something like that, which I cannot wait for the announcement of um, because I do need more of them as well. So... Uh, much like Carl. Um, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Those, those are some quick general thoughts on Ahsoka. Definitely stick, you know, stay tuned for much more in-depth conversation on the show uh, in the in the coming weeks. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of thoughts, Carl. Um, yes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you, uh, do, do we each have one left? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I would I'm think it's sure. the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, I would be shocked if it wasn't. <laughs> um, we got to go to galaxy's edge this year together. Yeah, we did. Um, which was just super exciting. And obviously we did a whole episode on it, but it, it deserves to be mentioned here, Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was, it was your first time too. I, I yeah. managed to get to galaxy's edge in uh, California at the beginning of the year, which was a super fun uh, experience with, with Kyle and Tim and, and all of that. But you and I got to go to Florida this October with uh, jazz and JC. So I'll let you kick this off. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I won't say too much because uh, we, I mean, we did an entire episode about this not that long ago, right? When we got back at the end of October, we did an episode called Playing on Batu, talking pretty extensively about what we got to experience on the trip. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the long and short of it, the thing I want to just re-highlight is how magical it was to just be in Star Wars. You know, yes. I... I I had kind of been whatever about it ever since Galaxy's Edge opened, you know, back in... Was it 2016 or 2017? I know it was announced at 20, in 2015 at the celebrations and in connection with I, Force Awakens. I don't remember. I don't remember uh, either. Um, doesn't really matter. But all that to say, I didn't really have much interest in going because I'm not a Disney person. I've only been to Disney once in my life. Like, it's fine. I'm not an amusement park type of person. Um, totally, totally respect all those who that's your jam. Um, but uh, when uh, I, I think it was two things that really turned me on to to really wanting to go. And the first was, you know, our good friend, Joe Hogan, um, who's done all of our star Wars art, star Wars artists in general. Um, also part of the Thunderquack podcast network. <laughs> um, you know, Joe went a couple of years ago with, with his fiance and the way Joe just raved about it to me and, and, and Joe and I think and feel a lot of similar things about star Wars, not all the same, but similar, when the way he just raved about it, I was like, man, that does sound really cool. And then when you went early this year with, with Kyle and Tim and, you know, you were telling me about it, I was like, that does sound really freaking cool. I should probably go. But the catalyst <laughs> of it was right. Like our, our good friend jazz who lives in Norway, who we have not seen since 2019 was coming over to, to kind of just do a kind of a Florida vacation and seeing some friends and family of his own down there. And he was like, I'm going to be at Galaxy's Edge. And we're like, we're going to come and join you. And uh, and we reconnected <laughs> with an old friend of ours, JC, who who we met also at our very first Star Wars convention fan days all those years ago. So mm-hmm. fun getting to see him again. And JC is a 
Disney uh, uh, genius. I mean, he, he lives near Orlando. Expert. Thank you. Expert. Like, so he got yeah. us through all the lines quickly. He, you know, he just, he was the Ben Kenobi to, uh, to my very inexperienced Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, yeah. So very appreciative of our friend JC and, and jazz is so much like you and I, Jason, and, but in his own way, mm-hmm. like he just, he's such a lively person. Like jazz is, a bundle of joy wrapped in a lightsaber. Like, uh, it is, you know, when jazz comes around and you hit that ignition switch, like it's on, like, let's go. We're going to have a great time. Jazz is just the kindest, most excited star Wars fan. And I think getting to share that with all of you was so special to me, uh, seeing the Falcon flying in the Falcon. It was everything I'd ever dreamed of. Um, but, and I think the biggest takeaway now, even just a couple of months removed from it was I just got to be with my star Wars family again, like you and jazz and even JC, I just, you know, JC is kind of that extended family. You don't see except for every few years. Um, but like, it felt yeah. like I was with family like that, that last morning we were there, just the three of us hanging out in the, the jacuzzi at the, the Airbnb we were staying at just mm-hmm. talking about star Wars, like, Man, it was everything I'd been wanting f- for so long. And it was with two of my favorite people in the entire galaxy. Like, it was, man, it was just so magical. It was so much fun. I got to both on Batu live and play in the Star Wars galaxy. And then even when we, when we left Batu, I got to continue to live and play in the Star Wars galaxy with two of my favorite Star Wars friends. Um, so that was by far the highlight of this year for me. Um, both in my Star Wars experience and just in my even everyday secular experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was fantastic. And and we've talked about on this show, um, you know, in the past about, you know, the different ways that we play Star Wars. You know, as a kid, we play Star Wars different ways. Uh, as adults, we play Star Wars in new, in new ways now. Um, and this was sort of an opportunity to sort of blend the old and the new play of star wars together and and it in a way that was really magical and fantastic you know you you got to play big star wars uh again Mm -hmm. uh, as an adult and uh you know big star wars is where where you're playing the characters and stuff little star wars is like playing with action figures and stuff like that at least that's that's how we've talked about it here on the show um and and just being able to do that with some of you know my my favorite star wars people uh has just was just fantastic it, you know getting to watch you know i obviously i i'd had sort of a a sneak peek at it earlier in the year so getting to go and watch carl experience all of it for the first time was so exciting for me because i literally kyle had done that for me uh in january <laughs> Cause he'd been before um, and uh, it was my first time. And so he basically was like, all right, you know, let, let's get the look on Jason as, you know, we step into Batu for the first time we come around the corner and there's the millennium Falcon for the first time. That was the moment I was waiting for the most with Carl. <laughs> um, and it was, it was, it was surreal because it really did feel like you'd stepped into a galaxy far, far away. You know, they, they've done such a fantastic job at the park of, of really making it feel like you've stepped away from, you know, today and gone somewhere else. Uh, and 
you know, if it weren't for people walking around with Mickey ears, you would have never guessed. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it really is, is a fantastic, you know, location. But as you said, Carl, it, it's the people that we went, you know, that took the journey with us, you know, that really made it special. Um, you and, and jazz, which I love your description is just a bundle of joy wrapped in a lightsaber. I'm going to have to use that again because it's 100% <laughs> accurate. Um, and then JC, it was so good to be able to reconnect with him uh, after all this time. And, and, you know, the, th the four of us like to play star Wars in a very similar way. Yeah. And so the fact that we all went, you know, we all went full throttle into the story of Batu, into the story that the cast members there at Galaxy's Edge are trying to tell us. We just went for it. We're like, absolutely, we're in the galaxy far, far away, and we're gonna play here. And it was it was fantastic. You know, we'd go into the different shops or restaurants and ask, you know, how long's your speeder ride to get here? Um <laughs> you know, every day, that sort of thing. So it was that it was great. It was so much fun. And, uh, you know, if you have a group of star Wars friends and you want to just have an epic experience with all of them, save your pennies, save your credits and visit, visit Batu and galaxy's edge. It'll be worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are, uh, some of, our highlights from our star Wars fan experience from 2023. Um, you know, and as always, we would love to hear some of your own and uh, we'll tell you how you can do that here in a few moments. Um, but before we wrap this up, Jason, we did want to just talk a little bit more about this, this net, this podcast network change we have, we are making for the, uh, yes. for the future. Um, and, uh, just a couple of quick things I want to hit on and then I'll shut up and let you say your piece, Jason. But the first thing of course, is I just want to say a, a huge thank you to the star Wars report. You know, this all the way, you know, 12 years ago, you and I, after we went to star Wars fan days in 2011 out in Dallas, decided to start this podcast thing back when podcasts were still very much, uh, uh, adolescents. And, yes. you know, we kind of learned how to do it hodgepodge. We'd only put out two episodes when Riley, who we had met at fan days, uh, Riley Blanton reached out to us um, and said, Hey, do you want to be, do you want to be part of our star Wars network that we're starting? And and we were the first show they brought in. He and Bethany had already started the star Wars report podcast, but they invited us in mm -hmm. to be the first other show in the network. And then, you know, beyond the films was added and they still occasionally make episodes, you know, with, with uh, Mark Herleman and uh, originally Nathan P. Butler. I mean, Nathan P. Butler. I mean, if you're, if you're part of the star Wars fan community, you know, Nathan Butler, <laughs> that dude has been, yeah, instrumental beyond beyond recognition to so many things in star wars and mark by extension as well i think mark is just as knowledgeable as nathan um and uh and also just brings a giddiness to star wars that i think is much appreciated you know our mm -hmm. friends like aaron gones who's who's done star wars bookworms with with Teresa delgado you know there have been so many lovely folks at star wars report and most recently you know william Devereux who has kind of taken over the Star Wars report in, in light of kind of Riley's retirement from, from the, the network. You know, William has been absolutely incredible helping me with some of the tech issues I've had in the last couple of years. 
always super responsive, always so kind. William continues to do uh, the great show over there called Ion Cannon, um, kind of a news and reaction show. William is just a delightful person. And while I've actually only interacted with him a few times at some conventions, I've been so appreciative of, of, of his um, his kindness and uh, helping this show grow. So actually, before we move on to where we're going, Jason, I, I'm sure you have some things you want to say about Star Wars Report. Yeah, absolutely. They, they've been such a delight over the years. Uh, and, you know, Riley and Bethany, you know, way back in the day when, you know, starting everything off that they were, you know, hitting the ground running with the Star Wars report, you know, and, and really kind of uh, blazed a a trail uh, for for Star Wars networks uh, in the podcast space, you know, alongside uh, other networks that were, you know, early on um, in in the Star Wars podcasting uh, genesis, you know, the, there was that first wave, you know, the, a couple of Star Wars podcasts existed. And then there was a, a wave, uh, a, an initial wave in, you know, around 2010, 2011, 2012, uh, where, where the Star Wars podcasting community grew. And we were part of that. And then it's just we've seen subsequent waves, you know, throughout the, the years following. Um, but we were very, very fortunate to be, you know, able to be with the star Wars report and Riley and Bethany and all of them over there. It's been nothing but uh, a terrific experience with all of them, but you know, many of the folks that we started with have, uh, you know, gone separate ways, you know, whether, you know, it's family uh, careers, you know, things like that. And they've, they've, you know, many of the people, not, not just from star Wars report that we started podcasting, uh, you know, with, if you will, uh, you know, in those early days have, have gone on to do other things or, or have retired from Star Wars podcasting that Nathan Butler is sort of uh, officially retired from podcasting uh, that happened a couple of years back. So, you know, it, it's, it is one of those things where uh, the old guard is, is moving on and, and a lot of, uh, you know, people like Riley and Bethany were, were part of that. And uh, it, it was, you know, we wish them all the best and we, we thank everyone that's been involved with Star Wars Report over the years for all of the, the help and the, the support. And uh, they've been nothing but delightful people um, to work with and to be friends with. And, uh, you know, definitely no, no hard feelings at all about uh, all the folks over there that are still doing things and, and those who have moved on to other things, you know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, you know, kind of, like I said, at the, at the start of the episode, you know, uh, we're, we're both very good friends with Mike Cohen, who is the creator of the Thunderquack podcast network. And several years ago, uh, I think it was at celebration Anaheim in 2015, he was riding me hard to like, come over to Thunderquack, come over to Thunderquack. And I was like, you know what? Like we're, we're good. Like, dude, I love what you're doing, but you know, we're, we're really happy being part of the star Wars report. And, and, and I don't say that to say that we're no longer happy because that's not it at all. But Mike is Mike asked me again over the summer and I, you know, I said, you know, what, let me let me think a little bit more about this. And I think part of the reason I was more open to it at this point was just because, you know, kind of like we were just saying, a lot of the folks at Star Wars Report that we kind of started with are no longer really part of it. And it's not to say that we, you know, we don't get along with who's still there, but there's just not as many people still there. And um, 
All that mm-hmm. to say, you know, Mike is Mike and I have gotten to be very good friends in the last few years. Uh, he, he's designed my Christmas cards the last couple of years. I, I love Mike's <laughs> art. Um, Mike and I are are really good friends. And, um, you know, it just it just felt like it was time for a change. It's been it's been yep. a dozen years of doing doing this show. And, and you and I continue to love doing this show. And I think it's just it's an opportunity for just some change. And, and I think change is good. You know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of can give you a shot of, of new life. And and Mike has really put a lot of thought into how he wants to bring Wampus Lair into the to the network. You know, he's, he's been de- helping us, he, helping us. He's doing this. He's designing some new logos for us. He's designing some new streamlined ways of doing things online and, and posting and editing episodes like everything's just a little bit more uh, supported with Mike, uh, Mike's support and uh you know, as, as the one who's been doing the, the editing and recording of these episodes for 12 years, I appreciate a little bit of a more streamlined, uh, resource to use. It'll, it'll make it a little bit easier on my end. Not that that affects any of you listening. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, like, and, and, and Mike, I think just, he's just got a lot of thoughts of like how to make some subtle changes to the show. And I, and I appreciate that. Like, um, I am very much an idea person. Jason, I've been so fortunate to have you as yeah. my co-host for so long because, um, you know, so many times I just like, Jason, I want to do this. Jason, I want to do that. And you always say yes, which I am so appreciative <laughs> of. But I think, <laughs> you know, Mike has Mike has his ear to the ground with modern podcasting in a way that neither of us do. Um, right. And and I think he's got a lot of great ideas that he wants to he wants to take the ideas that we have and help us rethink and reshape them. And I, and I appreciate that guidance because that that's going to be really helpful. And and I'm just so, so thankful that that Mike is is willing to do that with and for us. Um, and like I said, you know, like, you know, Joe Hogan and I are probably like, he's probably my best one of my best friends in the whole world um and joe's now kind of part of that network as well like he's on so many of the shows that mike is doing you know you're really good friends with kyle avery and and yep. i mean i love kyle every time i'm out visiting you I, I love when we get to hang out with him for a bit too and you know kyle and kyle and tim and um oh my gosh paul, paul uh you know the three of them doing star wars saga continues you know uh we know a lot of the folks over there at Thunderquack and frankly because i have so many random little nerdy outlets that i'll occasionally throw a random episode on wampas lair about even though it has nothing to do with star wars thunderquack just felt like the right home for even that energy too like if i want to just record something randomly about the new batman stuff or talk about like a sci-fi series i'm really liking like thunderquack it's it's not just star wars it's it's kind of a general right. a geek uh a podcast network you know there's certainly a lot of star wars but it's not only star wars and i think because i have a little bit of a all over the place brain at times. I think it's just a really good landing spot for us. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and just and having a community of friends uh, who we know pretty well to, to kind of just interact and grow with. Uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah. And back when I had a Doctor Who podcast, uh, as well as Wampa's Lair, uh, it was it was over there on Thunderquack. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we do have connections. Obviously, you know, Carl, you've been putting out some some Batman episodes yep. with them. And, you know, uh, so we're already sort of one foot in with them with our other projects. So it, it felt like a good place to to land, uh, you know, now that we're we're we've decided that a, a little bit of a change would be good for the Wampus Lair. So we're really excited to see what the new year uh, entailed. We were we were planning to have everything set up to to just make the switch at the beginning of the year, um, but some complicated technical issues happened. 
<laughs> yeah. That it just kind of yeah yeah it just deal uh, with and right it, it necessitated the change happening a little bit earlier. Exactly. So. Yeah. And and the final thing, like with that kind of quick sudden change, again, really, really, really want to give um, tremendous gratitude to both William Devereaux from Star Wars Report and again Mike Mike Cohen at, at Thunderquack because. When the issue came up, William was so responsive, super helpful, and just kind of pointed out, you know, hey, Carl, like this thing that's going on, it might actually just be easier for you to switch over now. It'll, it's just it'll just make more sense. It's more streamlined. And it was like, thank you so much, William. He helped. He walked me through all the steps to do it because I am so tech unsavvy. <laughs> um, and then, I, you know, I, I shot Mike a message. He was up to Mike and I were up till 4 a.m. my time, just kind of setting everything up on the back end. And, and, and again, so Mike lives in Vancouver, so he, he was a couple hours behind me. So I didn't feel as bad that he wasn't up till 4 a.m. He think he was up till 1 a.m. Um, but he does have children. I do not have children. So <laughs> he had it harder in different ways. Um but yeah, just so appreciative of both William and Mike that night, just kind of helping walk me through all the processes so we could get this set up and, and ready to go. Um, so, you know, just entering into this new year, feeling very, very grateful for the experiences of this past year and really, really excited for for all the, the good things yet to come. And, and the last thing I'm going to say uh, is just, again, how appreciative we are to you who are listening. If you're still with us, you know, an hour 20 minutes into this kind of random episode about us just loving on things from Star Wars from the past year. Thank you to you for listening. Like we appreciate the fact that you make time mm-hmm. for this show of just two nerdy guys talking about their love of Star Wars. We appreciate you making us part of your Star Wars experience. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, if there's two people that listen to us, Jason and I are going to keep doing this because we just love doing this together. But rather there's two of you or 200 of you or 2000 of you, we appreciate every single one of you. And, and, and the uh, time is such a commodity. Time is something so precious. And the fact that you give us your time, whether it's every week or a couple of times a month, we appreciate that. And we do not take it for granted. And, uh, and thank you so much for that. Yes, absolutely. It, it you know, uh, like Carl said, th- this is, this is, a, this podcast started as an excuse for the two of us to get together <laughs> and talk about star Wars on a regular basis. That really is why we started the podcast. But the fact that you take your time to listen to us, uh, you know, and, and some of you have been listening from the beginning and others are, are just finding us and, we we love and appreciate the fact that you are all there equally. It it, it really is special to us, and we appreciate uh, everything that that you do. Uh, you know that that you uh, have decided we are worthy to involve in your day. Um, so we we really appreciate that. Whether whether you're just interacting with us, uh, you know, with with the the podcast on Instagram, Carl does a fantastic job of that over there. Um, <laughs> And uh, or or if you're listening to the podcast, uh, we we do really greatly appreciate all of that. Um, yes. But, you know, uh, that's been sort of our year wrap up. Um, if people want to. Uh, give us some of their highlights, their Star Wars highlights for the year, Carl, uh, where can people do that? Yeah, well. As you indicated, Jason, kind of our mainstay lately has been Instagram, where you can follow us at The Wampas Lair. We're also still on Twitter at, at Wampas Lair, or you can shoot us an email at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. We are very excited. Next week, we'll be back 
to give you a Christmas themed Star Wars episode. We love doing Star Wars at Christmas time. So we'll be back next week to talk some Star Wars Christmas stuff. Uh, Hopefully you'll be back to join us for that. Absolutely. It'll be a wonderful uh, Christmas time here in the Wampa's Lair. Uh, any final anything else before we close this out? Thank you to everyone who's new, old, anything in between. We appreciate you. And remember that the force will be with you always. Always indeed. And that has been episode three or 536 of the Wampus Lair podcast. Uh, our Star Wars year in review for Carl. I'm Jason and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.